What's going on? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys, this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. It is the 19th of July, and we've got a friend coming back to the podcast today. Yes, sir. Someone who's been on the podcast twice already come back for the third time, but with a different band. Don't worry, they're still in that original band that they were on the podcast with, too. So this is just more we're bringing them on for. Oh, yeah. So I hope you like some pop punk goodness. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors for today's video. So let me ask you a question. Say you're out on a date and, you know, you're starting to get a little like tense up there. Maybe you're, you know, whatever your underwear is, it's like crunch, like, you know, scrunching up and like chafing. You're like, oh, dear God. So basically question is, is crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more because the king of crotch comfort, our sponsor, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. They're sleek, they're soft, they're comfortable, and they're flexible. The brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped will take your balls to the royal ball throne. Now imagine this. Imagine you're out on a date with someone, and you know for some random reason, that Manscaped waistband on your Manscaped Boxers 2.0 start you know, peeking through. What does that say? It says there's a man there that really takes care of his boys down there and makes sure that he is spick and span down there. So, you know your date's going to be like, oh, he takes care of himself. You know, with Manscaped, they're the global leaders and below the waist grooming. They have the Lawnmower 4.0, the anti-chipping ball deodorant, the crop preserver, which I personally attest to every single time on this podcast. They have made my legs never chafe since I started using it back in 2020. So, oh dear God, yeah. And, you know, now you get the Boxers 2.0. You can be chilling and feeling everything. They've even trademarked the jewel pouch. Yeah, so you know it's serious if they trademark the pouch where your boy sits. So I think it's time you invest in your family jewels with the Boxers 2.0 from, where's the logo? Manscaped right there. So let your bulge breathe, uh, la, let your bulge breathe and get 20% off in free shipping using our code CP. P at manscaped.com. Remember, CPP, discount code, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. Oh, yeah. Now, I want to also remind you that we are sponsoring the When We Were Hungry Festival happening in Las Vegas, October 20th and 21st of the year 2022. And yes, if you go back to April, we had Will and Mal from the festival on the podcast. You can find out all about it and find out all about the story of turning memes into dreams pancakes in the pit and tickets are on sale now so you're gonna want to go and do that because you get to check out bands like modern day escape like along came a spider like saving vice like varsity like our friends and outlier and palisades Ooh yeah also dropout kings and even more oh dear lord yeah you're going to want to go to this. You're going to want to throw it on for pancakes in the pit with myself as well. I'll be there both days. So be sure to get your tickets at whenwewerehungryfestival.com. So go to the description of the podcast. The link is there. Be sure to go and get those tickets. Let's have some fun. Pancakes in the pit, turning memes into dreams. Let's go. I'll see you there. Oh, yeah. Now to our feature presentation. So you guys remember the band Seasons from Richmond, Virginia, right? They've been on the podcast twice. Absolutely love it. Well, their guitarist Nick also has a pop punk band called Almost Gone. And Nick reached out to me saying they have a brand new song coming out on July 22nd called 306. 
and was asking if he could, you know, be on the podcast. And every time I've had season on the podcast, it's been fantastic. So you absolutely know that I said yes to this. Of course I did. So we talk about the band shooting the video for 306, the investment that they're making themselves to make this the best release possible. Along with that, we're talking about how they're going to get the word out. We're talking about what to expect from the song. We're also talking about just the idea behind the music and just this constant idea of positive nostalgia when it comes to a time in life where, you know, you could do a lot of different things and your responsibility level was oh so low so sit back relax and enjoy the pop punk glory that is almost gone so welcome nick and connor to the podcast are you ready oh yeah let's go yeah well 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 ladies and boys and girls listeners of the core progression podcast you might recognize one of the guys in here right now you might recognize nick because he's been on the podcast two other times with the band seasons and yes we know that band is good i mean come on we were at blue ridge rock fest with them they took a crowd of 500 and turned to a crowd of 5,000 for a 25 minute set which was fucking awesome but nick's got another project as well a pop punk band and we're here to talk to him all about it, along with his drummer as well for the band. So please welcome Nick and Connor from the band Almost Gone to the podcast. So first off, Nick, welcome back. And Connor, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thanks for having us, man. Dude, thanks for having us. Always, Dude, always a good time getting to chat with you. Always a good time getting to chat with you as well. And also welcome, Connor. So first off, I mean, how are you guys doing today? How's everything going on your end when it comes to Almost Gone? Everything coming with your music business just due to the fact that, you know, we're in the second half of 2022 already. Pandemic style seems like it's completely gone. So what's going on? And I don't know what Nick's doing, but he's taking it. Well, that's a I'm fake shamelessly shot. promoting my own merchandise. That's what I'm doing. Fair enough. Um, exactly. <laughs> no, dude, things are good. We actually just rehearsed. Um, we practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays if we can. And uh, so we just got out of that. Um, but yeah, things are good. We are busy as shit. Um, getting ready for a show at the end of this month. Getting ready to release our upcoming single. Um, the day before that show that we have our highest budget video we've ever done. Locked and loaded, ready to be released for. So yeah, a lot of really exciting stuff. Dude, that's some good stuff. And I mean, when it comes down to it too, it's I'm, I knew that you were always doing the pop punk stuff with Almost Gone as well, Nick, just of course, because, you know, ever since everything was seen, been following you on Facebook as well, I'm just constantly also seeing you know, all the stuff for Almost Gone, you know, pop punk, having a lot of fun there. So I'm like, okay, you know, eventually I got a feeling this is going to end up happening. So boom, now we're doing it. But also, well, Connor, question to you. How's it been going on your end, man? I mean, I don't want to, you know, just talk to Nick the whole entire time. I got to talk to you as well. I'm not that No, interested. I got you. Yeah, no, Nick, Nick's easier to talk to for sure. Um, no, but uh, filming the music video was a really cool experience. It was like our first for Almost Gone, like legit, as Nick said, like the highest quality uh, production value wise. And the guy that filmed it was just amazing. And like, I give him so much credit. Uh, once people can see this video, uh, I don't even know if we're supposed to like share the name, but yeah, it, it was a good experience. He like knew what to do and like, the way he filmed stuff was awesome. So it turned out really well, in my opinion. So with this being your highest budgeted, like music video to date at this point, what was the process like of actually like going through something like this, working with someone for a video like this, and then putting it all together? Just how was that whole entire experience? 
Um, so my experience with music videos is they're like, they're a bit of an endeavor. Like I didn't, I didn't, it's hard to kind of realize that when you, when you watch a music video, if it's like, you know, some people partying or something like that, some cool scene, it's hard to, you don't consciously think about like all the planning and everything that goes into it. So, um, with this video, we worked with a guy named Alex Hyder. He is the, you know, videographer. And he's done, his biggest client is Ace Hood. I don't know if that name rings a bell to you. He's a rapper from Miami. Um, but he's also done videos for Motionless and White, uh, Memphis May Fire. Um, he's, he, he's worked with um, some big dogs. And so um, he's got like very legit equipment, very legit lights, legit camera, all this stuff. Um, really can like, he really has an eye through the lens of like, you know, it's one thing to have all that stuff, but to know how to use it to make us look a lot cooler than we actually are, which is what I think he accomplished, um, is, is something else. Um, so for this one, for 306, we actually, we had a couple different like settings that we were considering that we talked about. It's, you know, it's really a collaborative effort. And, uh, there's, there was a lot of planning, a lot of our, our, one of our settings, completely fell through the week before and it was like a, oh shit kind of thing um where we had to all get on calls and figure out what are we going to do and find a substitute but um no it, it all turned out awesome and i cannot wait for people to see it well shoot now you got me more excited for it when it you know releases especially you know depending on when, when this is going to come out which we know when it's going to come out in terms of both the podcast and the song basically just kind of thinking about this. I can't wait to come out later this week because this is going to be awesome, especially with this, you know, working with Alex with, again, you're saying he's working with, you know, guys, bands like Moses and White, Memphis May Fire, two bands that I really enjoy not only watching, but also, you know, seeing their music videos, listening to their music. So now I'm excited for this. And the fact that you guys, you know, had a couple different concepts in terms of settings that you could go to for something like this. I mean, right now, my mind is spinning on what could this music video possibly be especially the fact that I, you know, I've got to listen to the song, got to really dive deep into it. So like, I've got some ideas, but I don't want to like take a bunch of guesses and get it right and spoil it because I want people to like have to go and watch this in order to really see what you guys are able to put together. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I don't want to say too much cause I don't want to spoil it too much either, but, um, Same. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm stoked for it. It's, uh, it's, it's I will cool. say that, during the filming of this music video, it's the first time that I had to drum the song like probably 15 times in a row, like end to end. So that was a very awesome, but like interesting experience, you know, like just like every for everyone's take drumming the entire song like uh, for like 15 times in a row. But it, it was cool. I kind of want you a little bit deeper that what do you mean by that? Because is it somewhere it's like every single shot like you guys did like a continuous shot in different settings? And then you had to do it 15 times in a row or was it for like everyone's individual shot or how did that work? Because that just seems a little odd to me, but again, I'm not in the music video making business right now. So I kind of want to know a little bit more about this. So without trying to give too much away, it's like, it was only for like a cut of the music video. So like just taking scenes out of there and like, just for like the action of playing like as a full band, um, like, the guitarist individual shots were shot, but I always had to be in the background, like kid and stuff, you know? So it, that's kind of what I meant by that. But yeah, it's, there were definitely some setting changes that I don't want to give too much away about, I guess. 
but it's really good. <laughs> yeah, dude, when you when you do a music video, you end up playing the song like way more times than you ever could like want to. Um, and when you're on camera, something about the the camera like takes away 20% of your energy for some reason. So you have to really go like completely over the top with it. So, um, you know, it was like playing, it's kind of like playing a really long concert, but you're going way harder than you normally do. You're head banging harder. You're throwing the guitar harder. You're slamming it down when you hit a chord, you're jumping up higher. Like you have to really overdo it to make that land like with energy at, at the end of the, uh, when the music video is actually said and done. So uh, like the next day I felt like I had played like a, like really intense football game or something like that. Just neck sore, leg sore, everything sore. But um, yeah, that's the way you do it. It's the way, it's like, this way we do it at least. Cause we don't know any other way. It's like waking up the day after Thanksgiving, after you played the, uh, played the good old Turkey bowl and realize that, you know, not as limber as I used to be. And you're trying to get up like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it is. You feel like you got hit by a truck. Ooh. But like one thing you did say too was like when it came comes to the camera, it seemed like taking like 20% of your energy away when you're just playing. I think another reason behind that too is, you know, you're playing this and it's not in your rehearsal space, but it's also, you know, it's in a different setting. So you're in a different mindset. You're out somewhere. So it kind of feels like it is a live music setting, but there's no crowd there. So there's no crowd to bounce that energy off of and to get the energy from them. So you have to go above and beyond and overcompensate for that in order to, you know, match an energy level that you're going to put out during a show that you want to put out there for the video. But on top of that, you got to go over the top to make sure that you don't miss out on anything. So when you're throwing guitars around, I mean, kind of, if you end up like breaking a couple of snare drum heads in the video, which I kind of hope you do because that'd be kind of cool, but also a little expensive because I know snare drum heads aren't, you know, the cheapest thing in the world, <laughs> but it's just something that adds more to it. And I understand the energy now you guys have to put out there, especially because you're not getting energy back from, you know, what's watching. You're getting energy. You're get, looking at a camera that's watching you and the camera's just stagnant. Like, that's not, that's not giving you energy. That's like, ow. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> for me, like, when, once you hear the music, though, so, like, we were playing it over, like, some PAs. I feel like once you hear the music, it's easy, at least for drumming-wise, for me. Nick has to do all this. Uh, all the guitarists have to move their bodies. Like, at least I can sit down. But, um, yeah, just, like, once you hear the music, it's not, like, if the cameraman's telling you to go harder, it's like you're just going to start going harder, like, for the music video. But it, it was a lot of fun, yeah. Well, I mean, Nick and the other guys have to start moving around even crazier. And for you, it's like, you know, go harder. It's you just got to make sure the art movements are a little bit more amplified. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe go full gorilla with it. Yeah. Just, ah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you know, you, you got you to gotta do it. You got to go crazy like a gorilla because, you know, we got to honor Harambe's memory six years later. You know, rest in peace, King. Always. Rest in peace to the King. Always. <laughs> Always. So with this being, you know, the highest budget music video that you guys have done to date, right as we're about to, you know, you're about to roll it out, about to release 306 as well as a song. What's the plan to make sure that this music video, not only for it being the highest budget, is both the most popular and also the one that gets almost gone to like that next level where you guys want to go to. So what's your plan to make sure that this video gets in front of as many people as possible? Uh, talking to cool people like you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Um yeah. So 
it's the social media, music video, YouTube game, especially once you throw TikTok in, is a really weird, confusing game. But our plan of attack for this one, um, so we're, you know, we, we want to chat with, with music fans about it, you know, such as yourself and, and some others that we know that have radio stations and things like that. So we have that stuff planned. But we also, um, so we've done a little bit of research on YouTube ads, Google ads. That's something we haven't done before, but avenues we're going to chase. We have a cameo in the works from, um, I can't tell you because he might not do it, <laughs> but, um, but from somebody from a band you would definitely recognize. And if it comes through, I'll, I'll tell you right away um, if, he, if he comes through with it. So we have, we have a cameo in the works to promote it from somebody who's much more famous than we are. Um, what else? Uh, Spotify playlisting has been a big, big boost for us, at least. I mean, obviously in the Spotify numbers, that's something we're going to be chasing. Um, and then we had Alex make all these like promo clips for us. So like, best like specially cut for Instagram. And it says, you know, 306 new single by almost gone that we're going to blast all over kingdom come the same thing. You know, we have the same thing cut for Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, so we can, you know, blast it all over our social media platforms. So, um, yeah, that's the strategy we're taking this time around. Um, and then, and then also the, the boots on the ground game, um, the, the word of mouth game, which, um, is, you know, I think it is both, the least and most effective method at the same time, because, you know, if you're a mega star, there's a lot of people to be talking about you. But if you're, you know, on the, on the smaller side, you may not have as many people, but the ones that do are like awesome ambassadors for you. And I think we're in kind of that, that position. Um, it's just like with any brand, if you can get somebody to tell their friends, Hey, this is a good brand. This is a good band, a good, you know, product or whatever that is way more powerful than any YouTube ad I could come up with or any Google ad that endorsement by somebody who's a fan is, is huge. So yeah, that's how we're going about this thing. Oh, when it comes to like the boots on the ground kind of style and like word of mouth, I totally agree with you on that where it's the hardest one to do, but it is the most effective if you're able to do it. Because even from my own perspective, like there's a, there's some bands that the only reason I'd gotten into them was because People have told me to go and listen to them when beforehand, I would have never gone anywhere near these bands in a million years, like like almost four years ago, literally motionless and white. I never would have gone near him because I would have looked at Chris motionless, especially during like their graveyard shift run. I've been like, this dude just looked like Marilyn Manson. Why would I want to listen to like another Marilyn Manson guy? But someone told me to listen to him and it took two songs for me to be like, whoa. So if you get people that are really into music to also tell their friends about it, there's that inherent trust that, you know, these people, you trust them, you know them. And if they're going to recommend something to you, especially from a music standpoint, they kind of know you're seeing music taste at the same time as well. So it's much more effective than, you know, someone like, you know, someone posting about it that doesn't really just kind of like just randomly posting about it. But it has much more of this like powerful connection when it is that person, person they have that personal relationship with somebody. It's a lot more likely that they're going to do it. But getting to that point is definitely where the difficulty comes in. Yeah, dude, that's how I got into um, Slipknot. I mean, they were they're the, one of the biggest bands in the world right now, but they were really weird at one point. <laughs> they were like, oh, you like that band? You're a weirdo. Um, I, I remember I had this friend who showed me Sick, the song Sick. 
And at first I was like, I don't know about that one. And he's like, no, nah, dude, it's good. And like the more I listen to it, I'm a huge Slipknot fan now. Um, I got, I think I got one of the records hanging up on my wall right now. Um, but yeah, like that's, that's the, like somebody who is like an advocate for it. That's like, in my opinion, the most effective way of spreading the word there is. No, absolutely. Connor, have you ever experienced something like this? So Nick's Nick's the Nick and Zach are bassists are like the social media chairs of the band. So they're really good at like finding uh, new avenues to like do this. But I totally agree with Nick that like having an ambassador to like spread the word is probably like the most powerful way to do it. So Nick's been doing a great job like networking and he's just like good at being in a band. So always solid to have him as our leader, our fearless leader. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah. I, I was honestly expecting you to stand up and look at Nick and just go, oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm really I'd, scared I'd, of I'd and hit stuff. <laughs> I'm scared of these. I'm not fearless. I'm scared to death of wasps. <laughs> okay, but take wasps out of the – just take the wasps out of the picture and then fearless leader. No scared <laughs> of hornets. <laughs> all right take any stinging insect out of the picture all right now we're now we're getting somewhere now we're getting somewhere now it's good but i do like the fact that from my standpoint i do like the fact that you're approaching this from many different avenues using learning more about youtube and google ads to make sure that you know when it comes to youtube that you're getting this music video in the sights and in the view of a lot of people that are pop punk fans to really be able to get a chance to get to look at this. Heck, there's been a good number of bands that I have found literally from scouring YouTube and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm watching a music video for, I'm just gonna use Motionless and White example because I think this honestly was what happened. This was in 2020. Motionless and White, I'm just trying to watch one of their music videos, probably was Eternally Yours. And all of a sudden this song from the band Envisions over in England, like a song of theirs came on. I, and I just wasn't really paying attention, so I didn't change it. And I liked it. And I'm like, holy shit, this is good. Then they came out with a new album this year, and I got to interview them off of it because I'm like, I got into the band off of that. So it does work in that aspect because, yeah, you know, the music video, it might be like three, three and a half minutes long, four minutes long at times. But the fact of the matter is, is like, it's something for people to kind of like get into and like sink their teeth into. So if you're listening to something, it's more passive. You gotta wait that five seconds to skip. Some people might not skip. Some people might just let it roll and let it go. And all of a sudden that's going to potentially gain another fan. And it's going to get you a view on YouTube as well. As long as people are watching enough of it. Um, others avenues for social media, doing those different cutouts as well to promote it and just blast it everywhere. It gets people to take a look at it and please send me those cutouts as well. So I can post it as well to help, you know, make this a little bit more of a thing and just get this, you know, get the song when it's ready to come out, get more people to know about it. But that cameo, if you're able to get that again, I have no idea who it is, but I'm pretty sure that when like, you know, if I, if it happens and I see, it, I'd be like, okay, that makes total sense on why they would get that person. But having something like that, it just also adds a little bit more to, you know, whoever that person is, their fans, it's like, okay, you know, this they're saying, you know, check this out. I'm a little bit more likely to check that out based on the fact that it might be a similar style of sound that as a fan, I am really into. So that could be like, that's a smart investment right there. Well, that's the idea. And that's why we had to pay for it. <laughs> um, because you're literally, I mean, you're asking somebody to, um, endorse your brand. I mean, that's really what a cameo is. You're asking somebody, 
from some other band to say, hey, check out Nick, check out Almost Gone's new song, 306. Like they are literally endorsing it for you and they're giving you free reign to blast that video wherever the heck you want to. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing that um, they kind of take on a little bit of liability, I guess, from that standpoint. Um, but, uh, but no, like you were saying with, with uh, discovering bands through different YouTube ads, I had the same experience that you're talking about with Envisions. I had the same thing with uh, While She Sleeps. Um, I was listening to the Bullet for My Valentine and uh, it popped up before one of their songs, While She Sleeps. This was a couple of years ago. I remember I was at the gym and I was like, yo, that's dope. And uh, so, yeah, that's the hope with us is <laughs> we can hook other people into us with, uh, with a, a snippet of 306. Yeah, and on top of that, too, it's not going to be something where, you know, it's going to be the biggest, like, end-all, be-all thing. It's not going to be the thing that's, you know, going to take you guys from where you are now to all of a sudden, you know, potentially, like, doing a headlining run all across the United States. It's going to take more time to get to that point, but, you know, it's something where more people are going to have a chance to get into the band. It's something for more people to get their ears to listen to this stuff and to get attention to it because, I mean, for, for me, Envisions, for you, While She Sleeps, not paying it, not paying attention to the YouTube ad, and then just hearing the song through that got us into those bands and got us to listen to them all off of us just being passive. And there's a lot of people when those YouTube ads come on, they're in that passive state, but sometimes they might forget to skip them a little bit, hear more of the song, and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, this is good stuff. Fuck yeah. Exactly, and like. The second you see the quality of this, like, you know, like 4K, like it just like the professionalism of the video itself, like right away and like us jamming, it's it's really good. Oh, that's just going to add even more to it because then people are going to, you know, of course, they're, if they're impassive, you know, listening to it, they're going to end up looking at the video at some point, either to skip it or just to see, you know, okay, what's this band's name? What's the song? And if they see that 4K quality to the music video, they know that, you know, this wasn't something that you guys just slapped together. This wasn't something that you guys just crudely put together. Like you put the time and effort into this and that's just going to end up showing through when people watch this stuff. And money. <laughs> and put the money into it um yeah, yeah dude i i i agree with you and and uh i was listening to a uh a music industry podcast earlier i like to do that I, I learned so many like kind of i don't know i guess tips and tricks that way and um you know even even a band as big as say envisions or somebody of that caliber i bet you i don't know those guys but i bet you if you asked them i bet you when they release a single they still are going like balls to the wall with it you know trying to advertise it as well as they possibly can kind of like we're doing with this and uh, in, in one of the podcasts i was listening to today they were talking about social media tips and the guy said you know a lot of bands they need to come to terms with whether you're brand new you have 10 followers you have 100 followers a hundred thousand followers you need to come to terms with the fact that you're kind of always going to be struggling not, maybe not struggling is the right word because that implies that you're barely getting by, but you're always going to have to be clawing at getting the next video bigger than the one before. The next song has to be better than the one before. The next promo campaign has to be smarter than the one before. Um, you know, that's that's the way you're going to grow is, is you just got to you got to be OK with putting your head down and, and grinding. And so, um, you know, I think it's it's probably easy to think like 
some big band like oh man they got it made they're probably in cruise control and maybe a lot of them do maybe if you're motley crew on a stadium tour that you didn't even want to do in the first place maybe they're <laughs> in cruise control but i bet you 99 percent of artists out there no matter their size are are grinding i mean even if they're big yeah i think a perfect example that'd be is just take a look at bring me the horizon it's the stuff that they're doing is all over the place and it's like yeah you might seem like it's on cruise control at the same point too but the creativeness behind it. i mean they put together like a festival in malta for themselves and had it be just like absolutely insane. So, you know, when it comes to just, it's not, you know, having this idea of like, you know, you're always going to be chasing the next big thing, but it's going to be that standpoint of, you know, you might get to the top, you might get to that point of where you want your band to be overall, because some people, you know, want you, you're going to want to be the biggest band. You're going to want to be on a level of bring me the horizon. Some people might find happiness just being more of a national act or a regional act all depends upon as a band and as a person, what you guys find as your happiness and what you guys find as your success point. But it's always going to be at the same point, not just clawing to get to the next level, but also clawing to make sure that and working your ass off to make sure that, you are consistently at that successful, happy point and that you're not going to fall back. It's not, you know, the struggle of getting it. It's also the struggle of keeping it. It's kind of funny you brought up Bring Me the Horizon. I'm actually, I was watching their their clip from Hellfest 2022 before this interview started. And they're, they're one of my favorite bands because they're so, they always feel like they're ahead of the curve. Um, I would say the same thing about I Prevail. And I don't know how to describe it exactly. Just every album sounds fresh. It doesn't sound derivative. It's not like there's so many um, Breaking Benjamin copycats in the world. And I love Breaking Benjamin. I'm not taking a shot at them. I, honestly, it's a compliment. There's so many people knocking them off or Linkin Park or um, Papa Roach. And I love, I love when bands are trying to be innovative um, like Bring Me the Horizon, I think they're they're probably the best at it, at least in their genre, in my opinion. And um, you know, with with our music, that's something I've really tried to be intentional about, especially as of late, is like is trying to be trying to step out of our comfort zone of how we create music. So like uh we just released a song called Mirror. Um, and there's like a it's a pop punk song, but there's like a rap verse. I don't know if you've heard it yet. Um but if you listen to it, there's like, there's like at this rap verse, I'm kind of rapping it. And in the studio, I like screamed it underneath. So it's like this rap scream thing that would sounds kind of like, you know, something like Attila would do. And so like, you know, what I was trying to do with that is like, you know, Attila has been doing the rap scream thing for maybe five or 10 years. Um, I don't know how much, you know, rapping over top of the, the screaming they've done. But I don't know any pop punk band that's that's doing that. And so, like, what I'm trying to think is, like, you know, how can I take these influences I like, the pop punk stuff, the metal stuff, the hip hop stuff, and combine them into something that's that's unique, um, that's, you know, special to us, that we're proud of, but is is exciting to other people. It, you know, is not derivative. That That's something I'm really, you know, um, really trying to uh, be intentional about going forward so that things don't like it for people no and like when you said breaking benjamin like that was the first band i thought when you kind of had that like copy kind of like same feel throughout all their music but credit to breaking benjamin with the fact that they found a sound that they absolutely love that is at their core 
and that you know people still get into with every single album if you know it, they're kind of like the poster childs of if it ain't broke don't fix it mm-hmm. so but then you're bringing up other bands you know bring me the horizon right now always ahead of the curve on something i prevail i mean lincoln park you know in the 2000s who was more ahead of the curve than lincoln park was it was <laughs> it was nuts and papa roach is like this is like we're like in the third phase of papa roach's career because you had from when they came out to about 2012 then when face everything and rise came out in 2015 that was like the second phase and the next two albums were a part of that and now this new one with ego trip it's like this is the third phase for papa roach going forward but they're continuing to reinvent themselves they're continuing to be popular and they're going on a huge tour in you know late july and all throughout august with falling reverse hollywood undead and bad wolves and they're the they're like the headliners for it so it's just like yeah something is definitely there when you're kind of not necessarily you know you're trying to be ahead of the curve but when it's something where you're also just you know focusing in on not trying to constantly play catch up you're constantly trying to think of what can we do that's different what can we do that's fresh what can we do that's new that also fits in exactly with what we want to do so that when we're playing our music everything still has this you know cohesive kind of flow to where you know it's almost gone but everything also it's like you don't know exactly what you're going to get but you know you're going to get that sound at its core yeah that's i think that's a challenging thing making it sound like you but it's not but it's it sounds like you, but it's different. Um, and then, and then, kind of challenging yourself to like make every song better than the one before. Um, that's tough. That's hard to do. I, I think. I think uh, a lot of people. Um, I don't know how often this happens in the music the music business, but reach out to others. Step outside of your band. Get get influenced that way. Um, a girl named Amanda Perry. It was awesome. She she helped me write the lyrics for Mirror, um, and and she helped me tremendously. the The version that came out, in my opinion, was way better than the original version I wrote. So I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of like egotistical behavior that that keeps people from from wanting to do that. It's like, no, I got to do it on my own. But man, the energy's out there. The 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 help is out there. Reach out and get other people to contribute. I mean. Shoot, I don't think Elvis wrote any of his hits. You know, there's no shame in it. <laughs> so no, I think I'm pretty yeah. sure it's really well documented that Elvis did not write any of his hit songs. I think I don't a think lot he wrote of, anything at all. <laughs> yeah, I think That's it was crazy. just like, just kind of like, oh, you know, you're a cultural icon who's just able to just you know hack into basically the media of the '50s. Take it, use it as your basically as the catalyst to just get anything going for you. I mean, you know, playing Hound Dog on, I forgot what, you know, late night show it was where he first played and he's swinging his hips around on live TV. And then the national media goes crazy saying it's like overly provocative and sexualized. And we look at that today and we're just like, that's uh that's pretty tame there my guy but at the time you know it was like the guy knew how to hack culture and all you needed behind it was just that you needed the music to get people to move and the it was all the personality it was all the style of elvis it wasn't you know the fact that he was making these great 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 or say singing these great 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 songs it was he was an icon but again it's also knowing exactly how to hack into the culture of the time frame you're in, hack into the media of the, of the time frame you're in, and make it the most for yourselves and like take the advantage on it and kind of going back to that collaboration style thing too especially with the internet now and you know everything went through the pandemic where we're constantly talking we were kind of talking to people online we had to basically become experts at that 
so many people are out there. So many people are there to potentially help you out to, you know, help you with your music, help you with an, give you an idea for something, whatever it might be. But the most important thing you have to do is ask. I mean, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. So <laughs> that's right. Leave the ego at the door. You'll be better yeah, I totally more. agree. When we're like coming up with new songs, like I definitely don't want to play like similar beats. It's kind of tough sometimes when you're like creating a lot of new songs at a time to like not to differentiate like the beats between songs. So I definitely ask for feedback, Nick's feedback, our lead, our other guitarist, Rod, he's really good at all the instruments. So I asked for his feedback and then like, yeah, it just helps create like the end, the final products, like it's like what we want it to be. Helps get that final product that is fresh, different, but also still has the same core of your sound at the same point in time. So right, yeah, we're trying yeah. to do so many of these different things. Again, it's kind of like, look, I'll use Bring, again, Bring Me the Horizon as the example where every song I listen to by them, I'm like, I know this is Bring Me the Horizon, but it like, it doesn't sound the same. And you got to figure out kind of like what, like I, I look at a good amount of those bands, you know, like Bring Me the Horizon. What do I find is like that similar counterpoint all throughout it that you know is a Bring Me the Horizon song. And that's, it's Ollie Sykes. And then a little bit, once you get to Sepaternal and on, you got to add like the electronics that they do in there with Jordan Fish. And that, you know, creates this core sound for them. Linkin Park, I mean, the balance between Mike and Chester was, was that. I mean, listen to Meteor, listen to Hybrid Theory. It is there. I prevail. I think it's more on the instrumentals. Like there's just something about them that just connects every step of the way where it's like, there's something where you listen to it's like, yeah, I kind of have this feeling that this is I prevail, even though it could be something like, you know, you're listening to Bow Down or you're listening to Hurricane. It's just like, but it's still the same band and you know it is. So it's just all about, you know, listening to your music, finding kind of like what's that point for you guys that just stands out. And then that's kind of like the could be the focal point of this is where the course comes from. But everything else, we can do whatever else we want. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of, um, lately, one thing I think that's exciting is there's a lot of hip-hop influence in, in pop-punk, and uh, but there's not a whole lot of metal, pop-punk, and hip-hop influence combined. That's where I think there's a, there's a market opportunity. Um, nobody's doing it. So the fact that I just said that, somebody's going to take that idea and do it 10 times better than we ever could. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I, I, I try and keep my ears open for now like when i listen to songs i try and imagine how would that beat sound with a with a palm muted les paul over top of it like i try and imagine that that way interesting and well because even thinking about like some pop punk bands too especially with the folks i mean pop punk kind of having this new like new emergence once again especially thanks all like the stuff that's going on on tiktok and the fact that hip-hop is also you know a very prominent you know a style of music that is on that platform along with, you know, all over pop culture as well. You're seeing a lot of that influence in there at times, but what you're saying about metal as well, I know like one or two different pop punk fans that are also trying to infuse metal, like into their sound as well. And it does work out. But if you're going to try and do all three, now that's something that is going to be like, it's a tough challenge. It really is. But if you're conscious about it, it's like, you know, 
here's an idea for a song that we have. And all of a sudden, you know, what can we do with like this, this hip hop beat? What can we work with this, this metal style? What can we do with this to kind of potentially put everything together? If everything, you can throw all these different things together as long as they flow cohesively through and the song sounds like it's flowing from one piece to the next seamlessly. And there's no like random breaks in between. I mean, hell, you can have a random pause and just completely change, you know, the energy of the song if it calls for it. But if you're able to pull off something like that, my God, you'd be hitting on so many different potential like ideas and sounds and styles where people would look at you and be like, that fits. It's kind of like when Linkin Park first kind of came out. It was like, people were like, this fits together. And Linkin <laughs> Park became, you know, probably the most popular band of the 21st, most popular band of the 21st century so far. I, w I would put them at that right now. But of course, They'll probably end up being overtaken at some point at the moment by Bring Me the Horizon. We'll see what happens, though. But right now, I mean, it all started with them trying something completely different. Yeah, I think Hybrid Theory was my first, like, CD back in the day. So I have always loved Linkin Park a lot. So good. See, you got the influence right there with Connery. Just loving Linkin Park at the same point as well with that, you know, classic, just, you know, that child love. Like, I got my first CD. It was Hybrid Theory. So you guys, exactly. you guys, you guys got that mindset going and like that makes me even more excited for not only for, you know, the release 306, see what happens with it, but going forward to see what else you guys might end up releasing, what else might take on and just go from there. I'm, I'm getting even more curious about this right now. Yeah, we have. Um, so we have 306, of course, and then we have follow up recorded, the follow up, follow up recorded and the follow up, follow up, follow up written, not recorded yet. And um, that song. That's my problem. Like, I'm always like the most excited about the most recent thing we did, you know, even though it's going to come out the farthest into the future. Um, and in that one, um, we're actually, we're trying to get a guy. He's like, he's moderately well-known um, on that track. And, um, but yeah, it's going to be tapping into that metal rock and pop punk influence, like all together. Hopefully that's a vision I have um, in my head at least. I was just thinking about this too, when it comes to like mixing pop punk and metal, I mean, pop punk with breakdowns, that was like, th that's a day to remember right there and take a look at like what they do with it. I mean, when it comes to pop punk, it's, there's so much you can do with it, but at the same point in time, it's, you know, you know, what can we do with it? That's different than everybody else. Because you take a look at the bands that did something different with it. Like, you know, Blink-182 did something a little bit different with it and they took off. Fallout Boy added like this emo feel to it and they took off. Um, a day to remember, pop punk with breakdowns and they're doing arena shows. Like no no problem. They're selling out freaking arena shows with this stuff. So if you guys are able to create your own, like this own like, new thing for it with your own type of experimentation with all the new stuff you have an idea for, I mean, it's going to be like what Dogecoin should have done to the moon. <laughs> Yeah, my theory, and this is going to sound so painfully obvious, but my theory is one of the challenges is just being really good at that that niche you're trying to do. So there's a lot of bands that have tried to do pop punk with breakdowns. Almost nobody's as good as a day to remember is at it. Just Jeremy's voice, his versatility in his voice, the screams and the catchy choruses that get stuck in your head. Very, he's very good at it. Um, and then you have to combine that with, um, you know, the band being able to market themselves and adapt to a constantly changing digital landscape where, you know, 
TikTok wasn't even talked about three years ago, at least not in the world that I live in. I bet you in three <laughs> years, we'll have a new social media platform that's just as popular mm-hmm. as TikTok. So it's rapidly changing. And I mean, the truth of the matter is you just got to, you got to be trying to keep up. Oh, abs- absolutely. But the fact that you understand that is the key so that Again, when it comes to constantly clawing, you know, making sure that, you know, the next single is bigger than the previous one. The next video is bigger than the previous one. Your reach on everything is previous than like the last time you went out and did some type of campaign for anything. Like that kind of mindset behind there and knowing that, understanding that theory at the same point in time as well. That's something that's going to mentally set you guys apart from a lot of the other bands that are, you know, they might get some success and it's like, okay, we got some success right now and they feel, you know, that they kind of just are going to end up riding that wave and, you know, it's going to eventually get to that point. No, you got to keep going at it. You got to keep clawing at it. And even a band like A Day to Remember, I mean, when Homesick came out, they still had to keep clawing. They still had to keep going. Yeah, yeah like, for uh, sure. Like Post Malone's, what was his first big hit? Uh, White Iverson, is that what it was called? Yeah. That was massive, but it's like nowhere close to the biggest thing he's done. Everything he's done beyond that has been much bigger. So if he had just sat on that, He'd be like, uh, like Vanilla Isis today, you know, one massive hit single, but that was it for him. But that's not the, the route that the guy took. He's he's gotten bigger and bigger ever since. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's the way to do it, I guess. I don't think you could have made a better like analogy with someone who kind of like had like you know had success and then kind of just rested on that than <laughs> when it yeah. comes to a music <laughs> standpoint than Vanilla Ice. Have you ever watched the um the VH1 behind the music with Vanilla Ice? No, it's it's interesting. He has an interesting backstory. He he uh he had a rough life. It, it's crazy. He, I want to uh, check that out. So like this is you know picture the late '80s um, when he was coming up. Like hip hop was not even like a national like thing really. It was more of a East Coast West Coast kind of thing. And um, he'd be playing at these clubs. He'd be the only white kid in the club and. Um, like that never deterred him. And like he, he talks about like the knife fights he got in and back of clubs and how he like one day he met um, MC Hammer and like MC Hammer saw something in him and brought him on tour. And that was like what really started to break him. And then Ice Ice Baby came out and that like blew him up. And then like his fame crashed. So he went shoom with his life and then shoom. It's, it's a crazy story, dude. It's, it's really rags to riches to rags. I guess back to riches. I'm assuming he's doing all right today. Well, yeah, I know. You, I think he was like flipping houses or something. I know he's been in a couple of movies. I mean, he uh, he, he was in an. I think he was in an Adam Sandler movie or something. And when you're in an Adam Sandler movie, I mean, that you got to be doing something, right? Dude, you have made it. If you are in an Adam Sandler movie, if I'm ever in an Adam Sandler movie for any reason, that is it for me. I retire. I have. I will <laughs> never exceed that. That is my peak in life, and I am okay with that. You just got to find like the next movie Adam Sandler is making and like just pitch, you know, hey, if you guys need some sort of like live band for any sort of scene, let us know. We'll, <laughs> we'll jump on a plane anywhere you need us to go, even if it like breaks the bank or something. No, because people are going to want to know. If we, let's play original music though, because who is that band? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you. And then all of a sudden, woo! Then we'll have our vanilla ice. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. You guys, got the, back up. you guys got the mentality to have that. Woo! And then all of a sudden, even if it starts to like crash, like, no, 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 no. We're going back up. God, we can only hope. 
can only hope we'll hit up Adam Sandler soon for sure. Oh, you better you better hit up Adam Sandler. <laughs> just but also hit him up and go, hey, 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 hey. You know, gotta add that in there. <laughs> that was pretty good. That exactly. was pretty close. Close, but you know, not close enough. I'm I'm not gonna be able to, you know, be at the uh if he hosts SNL again, they do the Sandler family reunion. Unfortunately, I'm not gonna be able to be a part of it. I'm it wasn't that good. Who's what's your cool. favorite Adam Sandler movie? Oh shit. Let's see if um, we're on the I'll, same page with this one. Um I like Billy Madison. I, but I also like Mr. Deeds. I would have to go with Happy Gilmore. Yeah, that Connor and I are too. on the same page in like so many things. It's freaky. Yeah, Billy Madison's my favorite. But Connor, and I, Connor and I are like Lincoln Park is one of our favorite bands from our childhood. Our favorite movies, Anchorman. We haven't we don't discuss this stuff ahead of time. It's just kind of <laughs> it's the way it's worked out somehow. Yeah, that's that's. Very true. We also went to the same high school, so. I actually used to live in Connor's basement. Isn't that weird? I was still in college and I lived in my parents' basement. They like For six months, I lived in Connor's parents' basement when when I got out of school. (laughs) You guys basically are like the same person. My God, this is this is kind of freaky. Yeah, they they traded sons back and forth. They traded Connor away to go to college. And they took me in for a little while, and then they decided they'd had enough of me, and they kicked me back out. But now they want, now they want to trade again. So no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was gonna say they didn't tell me that. I feel like I could. Pitch this <laughs> as like, I feel like I could pitch that as like a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> just trading, swapping sons. It's probably like on TLC already, like Sun Swap or something. It's like trading spouses, <laughs> but with sons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your son sucks. Take him back. Yeah, <laughs> this kid's an idiot. Doesn't clean anything. Never cuts the grass. That's an idea, though. What if you guys did like a YouTube series instead of like wife swap, son swap, and just kept going back and forth? I mean, it wouldn't be anything, you know, super duper, you know, you know, had to be like crazy over the top, but basically just make a like mock TLC show. Dude, that um, the the guy Alex that, funny. that filmed their music video um his uh one of his other gigs is he films tv shows and i was asking him about it uh, about one of the shows he was filming it was like a dating show and i was like how how real are those is it really reality dating and he's like it is to a point so like when they're on the date if the date starts getting boring like this is for tv it's got to be entertaining somebody in the back he said would hold up a sign like spill your drink on her or something like that tell her her shirt's ugly or something so that, so that she'll get mad and like fight back and uh, they can make a TV show out of it. So, um, yeah, we could have we could have a TV show. It could be like basis swap or something. We swap bases <laughs> with another band and we just have to like fight the new bases to make it like entertaining enough to be on TV. <laughs> that might actually do something. Holy shit. I might be onto something here. We might be onto something here. You guys I have a lot of ideas. I'll be the first to admit they're not all good ones, but a couple of them are. Hey, we, we've all had bad ideas in the past, too. One time I thought th- firing water balloons from a moving car at people was a good idea. Was it not? That well, still sounds like um, a good idea. It, it was a good <laughs> idea until people started chasing us. Yeah, yeah but you could, you could run arrested. faster than them, right? Well, we were in a car, and then, you know, we weren't in the fastest car in the world. They all jumped in. Like, where was one time we did it at a parking lot where a bunch of street racers were because we had our last couple of water balloons. And my buddy who's in the front seat hook shots it over the, like, over the car 
and it lands in this pickup truck bed where these two girls were just laying down. And we're like, oh, and you see all these guys <laughs> scramble for their like fucking like Honda 2000 tuners. And we're just like, oh, fuck. We just bolt out of the parking lot. And well, we kind of knew the neighborhood better. So we were able to get out of there a little bit easier and uh, luckily not get run over by a bunch of street racers. Dude, I would fall over <laughs> laughing if I had seen that. It was pretty good. We're about like pretty much at like the 10 year anniversary of that. I, of that actually happening, which is kind of weird. Like looking at like the day and the year. I'm like, holy shit. That was like 10 years ago already. Is Fuck, I'm getting old. Dude, this, you'll like this. So 306, um, I write, I write a lot of the lyrics for the band and the lyrics for 306 were inspired by um, our, Connor and I went to the same high school. So we went to the same beach week trip. And um, so Connor and I, and maybe like, 10 other friends we rented this condo and it, this condo was made for like four people max but we jam-packed all of us in there and this is ocean city maryland so um the first night we're there they give us the keys we're 18 they're like all right no drinking no parties we're like yeah whatever bro um he he leaves and we have like a massive rager that night i mean like it was shit was popping and at the end of the night i guess somebody tipped off a landlord he came back and he was like you like stupid ass kids you do this again i'm kicking you out of here like he was pissed he was heated like he made it very clear we were on our asses if we did anything acted up again and so the next night we had an even bigger party <laughs> like, we had the biggest <laughs> party in that part of ocean city this shit was rocking and um he he came back and he called the cops and the cops came and busted up the party they made us pour out so we had so much beer that they made us pour out and um, anyway, that's that's the inspiration for uh, for 306. So if you listen to it and you hear lyrics about last night, we had the biggest rager in town until the cops came and shut it down. Um, you know, we'll do it again. We don't care if we offend. That's what that's all about. Holy <laughs> shit, man. I can't yeah. wait for like our boys from uh, from who went to Beach Week with us to hear this song so they can be like, I was there. <laughs> yeah, they'll immediately understand for sure. Yeah, they'll they'll hear and you're just gonna like this will be their face when they start listening a little less like listen to it and all of a sudden they're gonna start like picking up on it. It's just gonna go from like them kind of jamming out to just Yeah. <laughs> they made a song about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was there. Fuck yeah. Exactly. My yeah. God, because like, well, because even for myself listening to the song, of course, I'm going to try and find where the meaning comes in. And my whole entire idea of was like, you know, I picked up on like, you know, being younger, being in high school. And really what I kind of picked up on it was, was kind of like that party until the cops come shut it down kind of thing. Kind of, you know, all we, when we were in high school, it was like, you know, we were going out and doing stuff. But like why people kind of look back at some of those times with such, you know, high nostalgia and such positive nostalgia even if at times you know some of the experiences were really crappy it was i think a lot of it is based on the fact that you know we could do a good amount but we didn't have a lot of that adult responsibility on top of it so we missed that feeling of you know the free feeling of being able to do so many things without having to actually have that adult responsibility the next day it's just like you know, when you're younger and all of a sudden you're throwing a rager and the cops come, it's like, yeah, you know, you pour, you, you pour out your beer, you get an underage drinking ticket and that's it. But it's like, you know, if I did that, if I did that now and I had a gigantic rager, I'm probably getting like, you know, tickets for property destruction, disturbing the peace. <laughs> I don't know what else the fuck I'm getting. I'm having to go to court and probably having to fight this thing for like five, six months at the minimum. 
But like just kind of thinking about that, it just it brought back this massive positive nostalgia about, you know, fun times you had back, you know, when you were younger, maybe high school or college, because you had the you were able to have those fun times, but the amount of responsibility was so much less than it is today. Well, yeah, you got money now. Yeah. Now they can come after <laughs> you. Time. When when they see that you're a dumbass, broke 18-year-old, they don't give a shit. They can't get anything out of you. All you're going to be doing is taking up jail space. Yeah, now at 27, it'll be like, hey, you're going to take up jail space, but we can get your money out of it. <laughs> yeah, Plus the cops will come and you're like, we're all like well over 21, so yeah. we'll be more quiet. Have a good night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not like they could do anything about it anyway. No, dude, you're exactly right. I mean, those those days, I think a lot of people look back at those times in their life and with such like fondness. Um, yeah, I think that might be a good. Uh, I think a, a good topic for the next song might be um, when I was 22 and I graduated from college. That month after I graduated was probably the most carefree time in my life. Like my life is awesome now. I love my life now. Um, don't get me wrong, but that time period, man. Right after college, I had no school, no job, no apartment to pay rent on, no mortgage, no 401k, no nothing, man. I'm talking nothing. And uh, when we when we graduated, a bunch of my friends and I, we had this one friend. He was he's Greek, like full on Greek. His aunts, uncles live in Greece. His grandparents live in Greece. And he invited us to come to Greece as like a celebration. So we went. So I went to Greece under those conditions with like no responsibilities. Dude, you you don't I don't know if it's possible to ever experience that level of laid back ever again. It was dope, though. Um, yeah, that might that might be a good song topic next. That that would actually be a really good song because I mean, you're talking about that and it's already taken me back just like because you're talking about, you know, you're going to a different country, just carefree, whatever the hell happens, happens. Your mind is at this feeling of just like, I don't give a shit what happens. I just am going to make this the most fun possible. We're just going to have a blast. It literally took me back to my 40 hours when I was in Amsterdam and literally nothing made sense. But all I knew was. I had a good fucking time and I didn't care how much money I spent. <laughs> like I had this kind of carefree mentality there. I was 24 at the time. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like I, like if I was throwing money out, I was going to fucking throw money out. But I actually got like, I, I paid for 40 hours. I paid for one drink and that was it. I got all my other drinks for free. So I was like, yeah. So like kind of having that, like, you know, positive relationship to that. Like people are going to listen to that song and they're going to think about times like that, that they had in their own lives. And it's like, Holy shit. Again, adding on to that feeling of, you know, being able to do so much and being so carefree because the responsibility that you have as an adult is still so low at that point. Now it's like, you know, we're, we're further along in our lives and of course responsibilities are there. So some of those things, you know, we're a little bit more cautious of because, you know, we do some of those things and we could potentially get thrown in jail and they'll take all our money. (laughs) Get fired. (laughs) Yeah. And we don't want that right now. Yeah, now we just express it through music. <laughs> you ever heard the Chris Rock bit about like everybody just needs a mortgage because a mortgage is what makes you act right? It's like when you're a kid, you 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 know drink and run from the cops. When you're an adult, you won't do that because you got a mortgage to pay. You know, you won't do something stupid and lose your job because you got a mortgage. A mortgage is what makes you act right. <laughs> I, that actually does make a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. So maybe maybe we just need more people to have mortgages. I guess. I guess maybe that's it. 
I get I get I guess we just solved a shit ton of problems here in America with with just that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But jump a little yeah, back. I got, I got solutions. Problem is nobody comes to me for the answers. Well, well, here we go. Here's a start. <laughs> no, but dude, you said something about um, like uh, you know, people will listen to a song and they'll think back on, they'll insert their own experiences. And all seriousness, that is something I'm I'm also really like passionate about. Um, I'll go back to the Lincoln Park example. I love Lincoln Park. Think about a lot of their songs. What the heck were they even about? Like breaking the habit. What habit was he trying to break? Nobody knows, and that's why it's so good. It could be any habit. It could be a drug habit. It could be I'm breaking the habit of going back to my toxic ex. Anybody can insert their experiences in that and be like, man, this band gets me. Like they understand it too. Um, that shit is powerful. I think Lincoln Park and Slipknot have done it, whether it's intentional or not, have done a beautiful job with writing songs like that. So that's kind of my hope with some of our music. So people can be like, yes, I'm I'm right there with you. No, oh, absolutely. I mean, for, for me, it's those songs where you're able to, you know, they have a specific meaning behind them for the for whatever artist made them. But when the lyrics and how they sound, it's the metaphor is enough for not to, you know, completely just like be so abstract, but it's not specific enough. So it's perfect to guide you along the emotional journey that's happening, but you insert your own personal experiences into those songs so that you can understand more about yourself and you can connect with them more while still going along the same emotional path that so many other people are going on. And that's how we all connect to the same music where, you know, we're all in the crowd. We're, you know, and for bands that we absolutely love, we're, in, you know, along with thousands of people, we're hearing a song that's deeply impactful for every single one of us. It's deeply impactful for a thousand different reasons for a thousand different people but we all connect to it on the same emotional base. And that is, I want something when it comes to those bands that are the biggest bands, the ones that are most influential. That is one of the reasons why. That's what it is. It's powerful. And even jumping a little bit back into 306 as well, because like doing like my whole entire, you know, look at the song and just like run through it. I mean, kind of looking at the intro of this, just this is where my thought process was initially going, like and all of a sudden taking me right into the idea of, you know, going back to a time where, Still having a lot of fun and their adult responsibilities were so low just because the intro, like it kind of had like this like rougher, somewhat punk style guitar. It sounds like it's a little bit out of tune and has some higher pitch fills in there to really create this feeling of like an intro to the like a, a 2000s movie that is like some sort of like something about like any sort of like, you know, teen issues or anything like that. Like one of those like teen, you know, rom-coms, comedies, whatever the hell it might be. And it made a lot of sense overall because it perfectly puts you back into that mindset at that time, like, you know, you're looking back at something so fondly based on the lack of responsibilities you had to deal with. And it just puts you right in the mindset right away, just off that guitar tone. It's just like, am I going back to like, you know, watching Euro Trip or something? This is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, American Pie. It's American Pie vibes. Oh, hell yeah. But then it's like, even as you go through the song, it just keeps coming up and you just keep feeling that same kind of vibe from the vocals, from the instrumentals. You keep feeling that, you know, feeling of, you know, having fun and just not having to deal with the responsibilities as much. You just get that positive nostalgia feel and you put all your own like times into it. Cause for you, you're going back to beach week when you wrote this song for me listening to it, I'm going back to my, between my junior and senior year of high school where basically, you know, I, I was, was I home ever pretty much not. Cause I was always off doing something stupid. Like again, the whole entire water balloon incident or, uh, <laughs> 
I don't even remember some of the, like, I can't even remember off the time I had half the shit we did, but it was just some of the most ridiculous stuff you could ever imagine just because why the hell not? Pretty sure we broke into a freaking, like a, like a quarry that, you know, had like, you know, like a reservoir kind of thing. And we just kept jumping in there from like 30, 40 feet, cut down the fence too, because yeah, why the fuck not? Hey, that's the time to do it. You're going to do something stupid. That's the age, the age range to do it. Absolutely. And it just like the song just brings you right back to it. So I think when people especially listen to this one right off the bat, they're going to just connect with that nostalgia feel, but they're going to easily go back and relate to something in their past where they were just carefree, responsibility free, just having the time of their lives. Yeah, totally agree. Like, yeah, that's the hope. I hope so, man. We'll see what happens. We'll we see what talk to more more cool people like you to get the word out. Well, I hope you guys do talk to more cool people like myself because, well, we need to get the word out about 306. We need to get the word about almost gone out to the people, out to the public. And yes, and Nick with the shameless plug of the merch, but that's what we're here for. The shameless plug of the merch. Oh, yeah. So you're definitely going to want to get into some of that. And honestly, like when you look at this song, it is... It is so much fun to listen to. There's even a little bit of a breakdown bit in there that kind of had like that feel like, you know, pop punk, break, a little bit of a Day to Remember influence in there. And it made the song just stand out so much even more so because you bring some of that heaviness in there and it's just like you're getting that added feel, a little bit more of that impactful feel and a little bit more of a difference in the song as well. So it doesn't get like, you know, it, it, as it runs through, it doesn't feel like it's getting mundane. Like there's those small little tweaks in there, those small little changes in there that get you to go, whoa, 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 whoa. And there go my headphones. <laughs> I hope it makes other people's headphones fly off. I hope they're going nuts over it and shit falls off for them too. Just like that. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it happens, well, you, you saw an exact personification of it. So, woo! <laughs> That's the hope. That is the hope. That is the plan. And for everyone listening, again, the song 306 by Almost Gone. Remember this. It is coming out on July 22nd. So do we want you to forget about it? No, we're not going to let you forget about it. Trust us. You're, you're going to find it all over the place with the help of myself, with the help of everybody else these guys are you know talking to about this stuff, and whoever the hell else is able to talk about this song. We're going to make sure you don't miss out on it. That is the plan. So as we bring this podcast to a conclusion, Nick and Connor, one thing I'd like to do at the end of this is give you guys a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So gentlemen, floor is yours. Um, real men eat dessert first. No. Sports. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, first thing, thank you to everybody that's listening to us. Um, everybody who's following us on Facebook, Instagram, that is, that stuff is, I mean, it may seem like a simple thing, click that like button or that follow button, but it really does help us tremendously. Um, you know, the status of bands today is really dictated a, a lot in part by their social media numbers. And if somebody looks at a band and they see, oh, they have this many followers, they, they kind of take the band more seriously. So everybody who's following us and listening to us, huge thank you. Um, if you're not following us, Look us up, facebook.com slash almostgonerva. That's an R, letter R, the letter V, letter A. Almost Gone RVA. Instagram, Almost Gone RVA. TikTok, Almost Gone RVA. And 
YouTube, Almost Gone RVA. Um, please, please, please go on there, hit that like button, that subscribe button, um, really helps us out. Yeah, and to add to everything that he said is very valid, but if you happen to be in Arlington, Virginia on July 23rd, come up and see us at Renegades. We have a show that night and it should be pretty fun. Well, if you're in the Arlington area, you better go to that show. I mean, fun. Who doesn't like fun? If you don't like fun, then I don't know what's going on. But you want to go to that show because fun. And you're going to have a blast. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you know what they say? F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. And it's for anywhere, anytime at all. When you're seeing Almost Gone play live. Yeah. Dude, that should be our new intro song. Yeah, just SpongeBob it. I mean, who doesn't like SpongeBob as an intro song? We take the stage, we'll have that playing over the PA speakers. Oh, God. that You know, people would definitely be into it if all of a sudden they heard some SpongeBob. You know, it's like, how do you know the show's getting started? You know, you got the you got the music in the back kind of going a little bit mellow, and all of a sudden you start hearing some SpongeBob songs at more volume. You're like, it's about to start. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you guys come on, blast the energy. Let's go. We're having a good time now. There you go. Thanks for the idea. We'll, we'll have to take it and run with it. Punk rock, SpongeBob definitely do it so now it's time for me to end this podcast with three very specific things so first things first you heard what nick said when it comes to supporting almost gone you know when it comes to social media likes when it comes to those instagram files when it comes to on tiktok you know when it comes to subscribing to their youtube channel and watching all their music videos and getting the music subscribing them on whatever social platform you're on or i say whatever uh streaming platform you're on it all helps it all does so much so you're gonna want to you know Follow the band on all their social media. So if you're going to want to subscribe to them on YouTube, you're going to want to subscribe on whatever streaming platform you have because you're going to want to be able to watch the video for 306 when it drops. You're going to be able to and want to pre-save that song so that, you know, when it comes out on the 22nd, you're the first one to hear it. And you're like, oh my God, this is good. So be sure to go and do that. And I'm going to help you out with it. So go to the podcast here. It says find almost gone online. You're going to see labels for everything links for everything as well. So if you do is click and hit the like button, you got to subscribe, share all that fun stuff, buy some merch, all that great kind of stuff. It's going to be in the description of the podcast right? along with a link where you can get tickets to their show on July 23rd in Arlington. So I'm taking care of all this stuff for you. All you got to do is like their stuff, listen to it, watch the video, subscribe to their stuff and go to the show if you're able to, because well, who wants to, you know, miss out on fun? Not you, that's who. So now it's time for number two. And I know, Nick, I know you're very familiar with this being on twice beforehand, but kind of is your first time on here. So second thing is whenever I get like uh, bands or guests on the podcast I've enjoyed having on, I tend to make a certain promise and you guys definitely, you know, are keeping this streak rolling. I mean, it's happened a hundred percent time. You're keeping this rolling. So when I get to see you perform live for the first time, this is my promise to you. It's a when, because it implies it's going to happen. Date time to be determined. When I get to see you perform live for the first time, I promise you both is this, and that is, First round's on me. Also, Nick, I still owe you like three, like three of these. So don't don't think <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. I'm keeping a tally. It's gonna be like I'm gonna end up coming. It's gonna be like I'm gonna have to come like a case of beer just for you to be like I, this. This should this should do it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll accept this. We'll accept this. Have a list and for check sure. you off each one. It's like I accept. <laughs> <laughs> I accept this as tribute. Here you go. I accept this beer. <laughs> We'll make it happen, man. It'll happen at some point. So, gentlemen, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, I cannot end this podcast by saying goodbye because that implies that, you know, it's the last time we'd ever speak. Nah, I don't like that. So, because 
Well, let's be honest. Made the promise, you guys, and I'd love to keep going and talking to you guys in the future, helping you guys, you know, promote your music in the future and do more stuff like this with you guys. So can this be goodbye? Fuck no, it can't be goodbye. This is going to be, see you later. See you, man. Thanks so much for having us. For real. Well, folks, I'm interview with Nick and Connor from the band Almost Gone out of Richmond, Virginia. Remember, just, you know, supporting the band in any way you can. Liking their social media pages, subscribing to their stuff, you know, subscribing them on their streaming platform of your choice. Watch music videos, just buying merch, anything goes a long way to help make sure that, you know, any band we've had in the podcast and our friends here as well continue to, you know, be able to go after their dreams and find success and find happiness. So be sure to listen and watch video for 306 when it drops on July 22nd. Be sure to go see the show in Arlington, Virginia on the 23rd of July if you're able to. And go follow, share, like, subscribe. Um, let's see what else is there. Listen, uh, buy some stuff from all their sites. So go to the podcast. You'll see Find Almost Gone online and you're going to see the labels, the links, everything. I'm doing all the work for you guys. No excuse. You're getting it almost gone. You'll thank me later. Also, make sure you're following and subscribe to the Corporate Crush Podcast on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just, you know, to keep in touch with us. Uh, keep in touch with us. Have some fun with us. I mean, we post a lot of crazy, wacky content on there. Live streamed every single Wednesday night on Instagram at 9 p.m. Central, where you can come talk, shoot the shit with us, and have a good time. And also, subscribe to the Corporate Crush Podcast here on YouTube, or you can subscribe here on Amazon, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and wherever else, you know, you might be listening to this. So, Please go and do that. If you're already subscribed, a big thank you to you. If you are not subscribed, please, you'll make me happy. Please. Okay, now I'm starting to act weird, but please do. And, you know, thank you for your support as well. Also, thank you to our sponsors, one being Manscaped. And remember, don't let your family jewels just bounce around all over the place. Make sure they sit in the Royal Ball Throne on the Boxers 2.0 with the patented jewel pouch. Oh, yeah. I mean, they trademarked it. They invested in it. They're invested in your boys. I mean, you're going to be on a date, and if your date ends up seeing the fact that you're wearing, you know, manscaped boxer briefs, let's be honest with you guys. They're going to know you take care of your boys down there. They're going to know you take pride and joy in your family jewels. Yeah, you're going to know, you know, they're going to know you care about that. So, that's a good sign. That's definitely a good sign. Remember, 20% and free shipping using the code CPP at manscaped.com. We also want to remind you that we are sponsoring the When We Were Hungry Festival happening October 20th and 21st in Las Vegas, Nevada. Tickets are on sale now. Links to the podcast turn to memes into dreams, pancakes in the pit. Let's go. So again, thank you, Nick and Kyle, for being on the podcast. Can't wait to see you guys perform for the first time and have you back on the podcast because we're definitely doing this again. Be sure to check out the song 306. July 22nd is the release date. And go check them out July 23rd in Arlington, Virginia for some fun live music. On that note, that's going to be for me, guys. So you're watching this to the Core Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See you. Yeah.